Welcome to the Dr. Mudgo Podcast. This is episode 97. We are at the end of September. Wrapping up. Um, it's been a wet one here in New York. It's pretty much, I feel like we live in Seattle. It's like rain every day for the last like four or five days. Uh, we had a little bit of sun yesterday, but now we're back. It's cloudy. It's going to rain the next couple of days. So just waiting for that to pass. I think next week, according to my soon-to-be 14-year-old son, it's supposed to be a very nice week. So looking forward to that. Bring in uh, October with a, with a nice first week. Um, so this podcast is going to be sort of another healthcare rantish type of podcast. Um, I know you've probably heard many podcasts where I'm railing on private health insurance companies, which are the absolute most vile, disgusting institutions that there are. You know, companies like United Healthcare, Aetna, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna. They do not care about you as a patient. They do not care about me. As a doctor, they only care about their bottom line and their profit margin. Uh, but that is a discussion for past times and, and future times, I'm sure. Um, this podcast is going to be more about private equity in healthcare, which is a big thing. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that is and why that's bad for patients. Um, but um, I'm going to set a little bit of a framework. So here we go. So. There's basically two sides of the fence, in my opinion, when it comes to healthcare. There's one side of the fence where there's the doctor and the patient. The patient comes to the doctor because they're not feeling well or they have something that they're concerned about. And the doctor wants to help their patient. So sometimes they, you know, they evaluate their patient. They may order some tests for their patient. They may do a skin biopsy. They may order some blood work you know, to better evaluate their patient. The patient comes to the doctor because they want to get better. And the doctor wants to help their patient. That's as pure of a relationship as there can be. But on the other side of the fence are four evil forces that get in the way of the doctor-patient relationship, which is really one of the purest relationships there is. Again, patients come to the doctor because they need help, and doctors go to school for a gajillion years. I mean, most doctors don't start earning a dollar until they're in their 30s, and they do this because they want to help people. They want to help the patients that come to them. Now, on the other side of the fence, there's four evil forces, like I said. There's evil insurance companies, United, Aetna, Cigna, you know, all those companies, worst institutions in the world, only care about maximizing their profits off of patients' backs and off of the doctors that take care of them. They're big hospital-based systems, which are also evil. Uh, they're just bloated with useless admins. I think the, there's like some crazy statistic where there's like 13 administrators for every one healthcare provider that's actually providing care to patients. I mean, that's just insane. Think about all of those dollars that could be going towards taking care of patient, taking care of patients that are going to pay some admin salary who's like some MBA who has no effing idea what it's like taking care of patients or how to deal with someone who's sick. They're literally useless admins that are just clogging up and just eating dollars that should be allocated to healthcare. The third party are big pharma. Um, and, you know, there's just so many things to say about big pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, Moderna. Um, they, uh, I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into all of the, the details here, but if you just think about, just think about the COVID vaccine in general, all right? And this is not, any kind of commentary on the COVID vaccine itself, but Pfizer and Moderna collectively made $51 billion last year off of the COVID vaccine. 
Um, and you may say to yourself, well, yeah, but, you know, they did all this research. They developed this vaccine really quickly, you know, and they did. But that research is funded by you, you, and me. It's our taxpayer dollars. You know, these are NIH grants that fund the researchers. These private companies are using government dollars, which you and I are paying into, to subsidize their research. And they go on to develop, you know, amazing medications, but that are sold at astronomical prices. They're in cahoots with the private insurance companies because they'll negotiate some, you know, back alley deals to like say, hey, I'm going to sell you. I only want you to use Pfizer medication. Uh, and I'm going to give you like 50% off. Um, and the insurance companies, of course, are going to do that because they're getting a kickback, which is a kickback, you know, essentially a kickback. They're getting a rebate, which is just padding their bottom line, increasing their profit margin. It's a whole shady, nefarious system. Again, a conversation for another podcast. Um, and the fourth evil player are private equity companies. So private equity companies are companies that buy up practices. You know, they'll buy up your primary care doctors, they'll buy up dermatology offices, they'll buy up ophthalmology offices, urologist offices, orthopedic surgery offices, vets, dentists. And their whole goal is obviously to commoditize the patient. So, you know, patients aren't people, they're not humans. They're literally like cogs and dollar signs. And the more patients that they can drive into their system, they basically build up their practice to sell it to someone who's going to pay more than they paid for it. So say, you know, someone buys a practice, a private equity company buys a practice for like a million bucks. They'll do whatever they can to drive more patients. And I'm going to talk to you about some of the tactics that they use. And they'll try to sell it to some other company for like 10 million bucks. So that's how they make money. They're private equity companies. They invest in a business. They, uh, they try to grow that business so that they can sell it for more money and obviously make money because... For these guys, money makes the world go around. Um, the problem with that philosophy in healthcare is that patients are not commodities. They're people. You know, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your best friend, those are patients. You know, those are folks that may get sick and may need the help of a doctor. And sometimes decisions that need to be made by doctors aren't objective decisions like, okay, well, if we don't, if we deny this medication, then we make this much dollars. And, you know, it's about helping people. Sometimes you have to make an irrational, a financially irrational or, or a objectively financial irrational decision to help somebody. So I'll give you like a, for instance, and this is going back to health insurance companies, not private equity, but say your doctor says you need to get an MRI to evaluate your back pain, right? Your doctor doesn't benefit from that at all. You're coming in with back pain. Your doctor says, hey, you know, an MRI is what's really going to help me evaluate your back pain and see how best I can help you, whether it's a surgical issue or whether we can do shots or whatever the case, physical therapy. But your insurance company will invariably deny it. And they're not denying it for any other reason than to, you know, bolster their profit margin. You know, if they pay for your MRI, you, know, you and I have already paid our health care premium. So, you know, we've already paid into the pot. But the goal of the insurance company is to keep as much money in that pot as possible. So they're going to say, hey, no, you know, you cannot get an MRI exam. So then you're suffering with pain. Your doctor's hands are tied because, you know, they can't do anything but appeal the decision. You know, and most of the time the appeals are denied. It's, it's a whole horrible system. Um, but again, that's talking about private insurers. Private equity companies do like similar things, right? So they're trying to like bolster the profit margin of the practices that they buy. So for instance, they will just like load up They'll take every insurance and they'll just load up their practices with fresh out of school physicians assistants who literally know absolutely nothing about, say, like dermatology, for instance. And these young PAs who have just fresh out of school, 
will see 40 patients a day, have literally almost no idea what they're seeing. They're just like kind of learning on the fly if they're learning anything at all because there's you know, very little, if any, oversight. Um, and who suffers? The patients suffer. Uh, who benefits? The private equity company benefits because patients are commoditized. Patients are dollars to them. They don't care about people. They care about maximizing their profits. And I'll give you some examples. So in the New York City area, there are like three largish private equity backed dermatology groups. There's one that's like pretty decent. Um, you know, the doctors actually are make they're and they're good doctors and, and they make decisions for or along with the private equity folks, the business folks that, you know, are sound and you know it's uh you know I'd say it's like a seven or eight out of ten. You know, it's a slow growing practice, they're good providers and they try their best to do the right thing by patients. Then there's the second one, which is like the largest private equity backed uh, dermatology practice in the area and they pretty much do what I just described. You know, they'll buy a practice, they'll buy like solo practices, small practices, and they just like load them up with PAs and just try to maximize the output of that practice. And you know, the the care is poor. You know, I would say it's it's moderate at best, but by and large poor. And they're like a four out of ten. And then there's another group which egregiously and aggressively follows this model of just, you know, running an insurance mill, dumping PAs in their practice. The PAs are like, you know, just are, are workhorses. You know, they're just, they're not, they don't know much. They may have like a little brief training period and they're just, you know, run into the ground. And, you know, they're kind of like, I call them, I see a lot of spillover from these practices. Um, and, you know, to me, they're kind of like the armpit of dermatology in the New York City area. I mean, they, they literally have, no regard for people. Um, it's literally about just making as much money as possible off of poor patients who are coming to them for help. And that to me is, is it, they're just as vile as health insurance companies um, who also could care less about you as a patient or I mean, they certainly don't care about me as a doctor. For them, everything's about profit. For some private equity companies, some are better than others, obviously, but you know, for this one I'm describing, which is like the one out of 10, the most nefarious of the group, they could care less. I mean, I don't know how any of these folks even sleep at night. And that is the problem when folks get in between doctors and patients. You know, again, patients come to doctors because they're seeking help in a time of need. Doctors do all of this schooling and they are in this business for, you know, because they want to help people. They want to help people get better. That's why, you know, they will go through you know, the grueling, you know, pre-med, med school, internship, residency, fellowship, all that stuff is hard. And doctors endure it because they love it. They have a passion for helping people. The problem is there's these outside forces that interfere with doctors trying to help patients, interfere with patients trying to get help from doctors. And a big part of that problem, you know, at least 25% of the problem, you know, for one of the four evil forces that are interfering with the doctor-patient relationship are private equity companies. Uh, the day of the solo practitioner like myself, you know, sort of these mom and pop shops, you know, though we are few and far between. Hospital-based systems are buying up practices, private equity companies are buying up practices, and it's all done to like, maximize profits, increase dollar amounts that these private corporations are making, you know, and again, it's off of the back of you as a patient and me as the doctor who's trying to help their patient. So the reason why I talk about these things is because it just shocks me that doctors as a whole 
aren't talking about these things. It shocks me that patients aren't talking about these things. It's up to us, patients and doctors, to you know make some noise and talk about this bullshit that's going on in our healthcare system. Our legislators certainly aren't going to do a damn thing for us because they're in bed with big pharma, they're in bed with private equity companies, they're in bed with hospital systems, they're in bed with private health insurance companies because all of these folks are feeding into their campaigns and you know all that behind the scenes bullshit with PACs and stuff. And you know, us lowly doctors and patients are you know kind of left to the lurch and we're kind of stuck because you know no one's advocating for us. So it's important that we patients and doctors that we advocate for ourselves the more awareness that we bring to these issues the more likely change much needed change will occur so with that that's something to think about i hope you all have a wonderful restful weekend and just ready to crush the week ahead let's get it thank you so much for listening to this podcast the full video for this podcast can be found on either youtube or facebook let's get it